I can't let you throw yourself away. <laughs> you want to be in the trash today, but that little girl wants to play. <laughs> Was that really the I can't let you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 563 with a review of Toy Story 4. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Um, this week, we are here talking about what is almost definitely the final Toy Story film that they're going to make. Um, I don't I don't know anymore. I refuse to say that for anything now. I mean, it still made good money, but it made far less than what they expected it to make. Right. Um, but, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it maybe more in the episode, but I guess there 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 is some finality for characters within the sure. franchise, and it's it would be a film that could work as a series finale. Um, so... Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna throw it out there now that I think this is the f- finale of, of all the Pixar series, films. <laughs> but I think spin-offs in the universe will happen oh. in a few years when they lose ideas and come back to that well. Yeah, that's definitely possible. The real question is, do you think that uh, if there, do you think there will be another theatrical release within the Toy Story universe, or do you think any future installments might go direct to? Um, Disney streaming service, I, whatever. I, I think you give it five or six years and they're going to go back to that well for a theatrical again. It's gonna reboot. Um, unless the whole world of theatrical <laughs> releases just goes away in the Disney and Pixar universes. Yeah. I have no idea. So one thing is, I, this is all, all off the cuff, man. Oh, um, shit. But, uh, As opposed to the scripted conversations <laughs> we usually have. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, uh, like... Wh- we write all those ums. <laughs> <laughs> to... to to have a series like this, like once four is out and they want to release the, the DVD, like one thing, even um, seeing this film and seeing clips from previous films, it's amazing to see how bad, not the animation, the animation, but like the quality of the render of the early films looks terrible. Even going back to seeing like, uh, I, I don't, yeah, yeah. So I, so I saw it at Alamo and they were playing clips of like all the times Pixar's maybe oh, cry. I wish I got whatever, early right? so I could watch that. Uh, so that was going. Even Coco looked terrible to me. What? And Coco is a freaking amazing looking film, but yeah. for some reason, like as like that, we are on some exponential growth curve of the quality of rendering in CG films, and like maybe it was just that it was it was not the main projector; it was the like promo projector that's like a 480p projector or whatever the hell it is. But when I saw that, I was like. Did Coco look like this? Like, just that's, looking at the grandma's face, I was like, yuck. <laughs> that, 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 that's so funny, because is there anything else in life where, like, your bar changes year after year that drastically? I don't like, think Like, people in is. your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew that what? guy, yuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... It, grandma. <laughs> but it, it did strike me as as very strange that, like, it looked so terrible to me in my head when I was looking at these clips from the past films. But these are all... These are 3D films, right? You have the saved key points of the animation and, and animation stuff. You could theoretically take all the current textures and, in theory, apply them to previous things and re-render the entire film mm. 
and get like Toy Story 4 quality representations of all the Toy Story films. It's not like it's a thing where you like copy paste and hit render and you're done. I and know a, yeah, it an would, artist would have to do a lot of stuff. Probably. It would it would take a lot of work. I'm a hundred percent. I I understand that, but I feel like being able to get like a full quality re-release of these films or have people be making films in a future-proof way where like I know we're going to re-render this like even think about it this way imagine having a film release and then 3 months later the DVD release looks better somehow yeah. because like in that time they've been able to do better render I don't know I, I feel like the logical conclusion of what you're saying is the live action Lion King movie <laughs> But even that, they could render better later on. Also, oh, oh, God! Did you watch the trailer? I, they didn't show the animals' mouths moving at all, and I'm really scared now that the animation is just not working. <laughs> no, I, so I, I think there there is a newer trailer that I've heard people talk about with animals' mouths moving, and they think it's worse than when the animals' mouths don't move. The thing that I complain about, even with the trailer that you're talking about, is at the end when they're doing the. And they running. pan up to not show his mouth. No, but the worst part for me is, like, the ground looks photoreal. Amazing. Pumbaa, I guess photoreal, right? The hooves do not displace the ground as he hops on it. It's clearly two composite things. Like, nobody thought to render the dirt moving as he steps in it? I don't know. Like, I, I don't understand because it's coming out way too soon. There's no way they haven't rendered this movie yet right yeah but it, it felt very glaring because i was looking for it in this tra- i'd never seen this trailer before toy story um and i was looking for like okay are we gonna see the mouths move now and every time they were gonna do it it was like a voiceover or they moved the camera when when timon and pumbaa are walking around the camera literally cuts like right under his snout like so you don't <laughs> see his mouth moving and timon just has his mouth wide open because he's doing the Ooh, or whatever it feels like they're hiding something, and I don't Maybe. understand it. <laughs> but I'll see you're that, and I'll raise you homeward bound. Those animals talk psychically to the audience, yeah. and it totally works. Oh, sure. I yeah. never once questioned it as a child. I'm, I'm fine if they just decided we're not going to make the mouths move at all. Yeah. I just feel like they didn't. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out. It's, well, you'll find out. It's a few weeks away. I'm going to be gone yeah. when it comes out. But yeah. actually, it might be coming out the week I get back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll find out. That's, that's here to come. Right now, we should probably talk about Toy Story 4. Sure. Um, so let's take a listen to the trailer for Toy Story 4, and then we're going to come back and uh, give you a review. Everyone, Bonnie made a friend in class. Oh, she's already making friends. No, no, she literally made a new friend. I want you to meet Forky. Uh, Hi. Hello. Ah! (gasps) He's a spork. Yes, yeah, I know. Forky is the most important toy to Bonnie right now. We all have to make sure nothing happens to him. Woody, we have a situation. I am not a toy. I was made for soup, salad, maybe chili, and then the trash. Buzz, we've got to get Forky. Affirmative. Why am I alive? You're Bonnie's toy. You are going to help create happy memories that will last for the rest of her life. Huh? What? Oh, Bo? Forky, come on. Bo? Bo? Hi there. My name is Gabby Gabby. We can't stay. <laughs> yes, you can. Boys. Ah! Woody, behind you! Bo! Oh, 
What are you doing here? No time to explain. Come with me. We need to get back to our kid. Aw, Sheriff Woody, always coming to the rescue. Bonnie needs Forky. Woody, who needs a kid's room when you can have all of this? Wow. Woody, aren't we going to Bonnie? What would Woody do? Jump out of a moving vehicle. Let's go! Hey, you gotta go, you gotta go. If you should ever leave me. You know, you've handled this lost toy life better than I could. Open your eyes, Woody. There's plenty of kids out there. Sometimes change can be good. You can't teach this old toy new tricks. You'd be surprised. Bonnie? We're going home, Forky. every day. I was made to help a child. I don't remember it being this hard. Woody, somebody's whispering in your ear. Everything's gonna be okay. All right, so that was the trailer for Toy Story 4. Um, it is obviously, from the title, the fourth installment in the Toy Story franchise. And it is essentially about uh, the young girl who is now the owner of all the toys, Bonnie. Um, she is going off to kindergarten. She is scared to go alone. It's a brave new world for her. And uh, she sort of makes herself feel comfortable by making her own new toy out of a spork and a bunch of discarded pieces of junk. And she creates this new character called Forky, um, which comes back and becomes her new favorite toy that's helping her survive the world. And uh, while on a road trip, uh, Forky decides to jump out the back of their uh, Winnebago or whatever. And uh, Woody takes it upon himself to go try to find Forky and bring her back or him back so that Bonnie uh, doesn't lose her shit when Mm -hmm. she finds out that Forky's missing. Uh, Stephen Miller, what did you think of Toy Story 4? I liked it. I I thought it was sweet. It didn't (laughs) blow me away, but I don't expect a movie like this to blow me away anymore. I feel like I'm living much more in the nostalgia era now of being an adult, watching it and appreciating what it does right more than being like totally engrossed in the storyline. The best thing I think about this movie and the series as a whole is the voice acting work. I think that maybe only the Lego movie could fight the stacked cast that they have in this movie. Um, I mean, if you scroll through IMDb, it isn't just the main characters who are famous people. Every single goddamn person in this movie is famous. Like, you can scroll down to the bottom and you'll find Mel Brooks is playing Melephant Brooks. Carl Reiner is Carl Rhinoceros. The Kaboom announcer for the commercial is Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like. Every single person in the Bill Hader's in this movie. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I don't know who Axel the Carney is, but it's Bill Hader. Um, everyone in this movie. <laughs> it's not. It's not the guy with the headphones that never has a line of dialogue, maybe. right? I don't know. Yeah, maybe Bill Hader <laughs> just did a face and they copied it. Like he's like, ooh, that's like his whole thing. But it's I, just him I, doing I think that, that voice. the voice actors in this movie are really, really, really great, and I think holding it all together. This should come as no surprise, but Tom Hanks is doing a ton of the heavy lifting in this movie because so much of the emotional dialogue here and the heartfelt wistfulness comes from him, right? And the way that he carries the weight of every scene. Uh, I love Forky as Tony Hale, too. I think that was like a brilliant, brilliant casting move. And I love just in general how 
the movies are definitely progressing with their views on life and they're trying to tell subtly different things. Like if we look at Woody's journey, Toy Story 1 was all that kind of childhood and it's like learning to share, learning to not be the center of attention all the time. Toy Story 2 is about the lure of fame and immortality and about like, should you be content with where you are or should you want something bigger? Toy Story 3 is like, realizing not everything is going to go your way and kind of coming to grips with mortality. And Toy Story 4 is like, what happens now, right? Like, what happens when you're not... Toy Story 4 is just giving in. Yeah, well, kind of. Toy Story 4 <laughs> is like the the gentle after part, right? Like, if there's a an after midnight, like a fourth installment of the, midnight, <laughs> the, the Sunrise uh, trilogy... I it's think three thirty. I woke up and I have to pee. I think it's going to be like this, where it's like this is about the the gentle acceptance of like what is life now when the world has kind of passed you by, but you're mostly okay with it already. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's a really nice place for the series to go. Like, it reminds me of how not good most kids' movies is when I watch this because it's just so assured of its emotions. It's certain of like the characters it wants to bring you the toy story franchise does a really good job of making villains for the most part have some redeeming attribute in the end that this is definitely no exception um i love the character design of the ventriloquists in this movie dude, those things are scary as oh hell, they're dude. great if i was a kid i would just lose my shit <laughs> yeah they, they had some of the best laugh lines in the in the movie for me and they have such amazing animation style yeah. too they because they, they're not they're not fully con- in control of their faculties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like They're sort of like, they're willing their arm to move, but they can't actually move it exactly. completely. It's, yeah. it's pretty amazing. It, 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 it's really nicely done. And speaking of great animation, the cat in this movie, I don't think I've ever seen an animal that looked that... Did you not find that really, really, really realistic looking? <laughs> the cat that's like in two minutes of the movie? It's very prominently in two minutes of the movie. I thought I thought the cat animation was like incredibly good, and I feel like Pixar's gearing up to make a cat's movie or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just thought it was, in in a sense, this is a very minor installment. I feel like it it felt more like an episode of the Toy Story TV show or something. Yeah. But I think it was just appropriately small and gentle. I do think, in a world where the Lego Movie is an ongoing series now some of the charm of Toy Story starts to lower a little bit for me because I think the jokes per minute aspect of the Lego movie is better. Whenever Toy Story is veering into goofy territory, I feel like it doesn't really do well by that comparison. Um, But when it's going for the heartfelt, when it's going for the, like, heart on your sleeve, we're going to show a character wanting something basic, like to be loved, to be played with, to be valued, to... To have a voice, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think it does a really good job there. So for the most part, I was really happy. I thought Keanu Reeves was funny. I like Keanu <laughs> Peele showing up at that movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was nice. It, it wasn't mind-blowing in any way, but I thought it was sweet. Yeah, I, I think that there is, there is genius within this film, but it's not the surface of the film that it's giving you. Like, if you take just the plot mechanics, it feels like a like kind of a weak excuse to have a film. It doesn't have the like 
the natural progression that the other films felt like they had. It has sort of a like like an up progression kind of. Yeah, it's like it's like well, we could like and what, what would be funny if like uh, I mean, obviously toys can get lost again. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's it feels like there's not a there wasn't enough for a story, but then underneath the story that they're telling you is the story that is really there, mm-hmm. and it's like there is the arc of the film, which is kind of weak. And then there is the arc of Woody, which is incredibly strong. Sure. And I think that from like like this film didn't have like Toy Story three just made me ball my eyes out. This film didn't make me. There was no moments that made me cry, but there were random moments that weren't supposed to be. Where I just kind of went like <laughs> like for a second inside, where I was like. I- what what even just got me? Like there was it wasn't a line of dialogue. I don't even remember what it was. It was just there were moments like way early on in the beginning of the film where like Woody is just talking about something or remembering whatever, and I'm just like, "Yep, mm-hmm. I feel it. I'm old. I, I get it." Yes. <laughs> and and there is something amazing that this film is doing under the hood, and there are really interesting, clever things that it's doing, and it's it's making you deal with where these characters have been and it's not so toy story 3 was so amazing because it was paying off the journey of having been with these characters through through three films Mm -hmm. and made you you felt it because you'd been there for so long this one does another trick where it's like you are understanding the character more Mm. And it's you don't need the other films. You can understand this in its own little piece because it is a separate story. And it's not the weight of what's going to happen to them in this moment. It is just the what will he decide to do in any given moment. And like how it's it's just there there's like there in the previous films we have seen would he be jealous of Buzz's existence or have this like, we need to not go with these people. We need to stay to be here for this child. And this is like, there's just the moments of like, Woody, like Buzz is like, Hey, Hey, I'm here. Uh, want me to help, want me to help you watch after Sparky? And he's like, no, I want to do this. This is like the responsibility that I'm taking on. It's like, this is like a film that exists completely inside of Woody's head yep. and none of the rest of the plot technically matters. It's just set dressing for him to go through this journey on his own and arrive where he arrives by the end of the film. Yeah, and I think the film definitely makes the stakes clear there too because it it isn't like the other movies where they're lost on this grand adventure and the whole film is going to be them trying to get back. It kind of hints that like getting back isn't necessarily that hard. It's about something else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely feel that. I do think there's definitely some brilliance in the... Not not the plot mechanics, but in in the way each of these movies is crafted, they do a good job of having like the main villain and the main place kind of be the how should I say that like the logical conclusion of what they're either afraid of or really want. Right? Like there's the nursery in the third movie, which is kind of like the kids wanting you all the time. Right? Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, well, specifically like terrible like toddlers that just break everything yeah. <laughs> and like the kids in the in the park slash carnival they like the toys want to be played with there mm-hmm. because it's like 
older kids who can actually enjoy them yeah. on some level instead of just being like some like they're not going to be shoved up somebody's nose or yeah. something well, like that. So I think the antique store here plays a really good role too as kind of the 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 fear the the feeling of like what happens when you've been left by the wayside right when nobody wants you anymore when you're you've just out the world has outgrown you right yeah. and i i think it's a really nice even though the characters in it are more goofy than that like you don't see a lot of wistfulness from them but i i do think the character of gabby gabby and that location is like i i definitely felt some things right it's kind of like too woody this would be the ultimate terrifying place right yeah the the place where you're all too old and you're outdated. And the other movies touched on that, like the collector in Toy Story 2 and stuff. He's already getting a little too old. Yeah. Even Toy Story 1, he's like too old compared to Buzz, right? That's kind of been a through line. But but even in Toy Story 3, there were like a lot, there was a lost and found at some point, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like there's, yeah. there's, yeah. They're, 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 they're returning to similar wells over and over again, but I yeah. feel like they're like, they're tipping it just enough that it feels different every time, the thing it wants to communicate. Yeah, but that's the thing. I, I think in this franchise as a whole, they are constantly repeating the same themes. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and you don't care as much because it's this fun kids film, but like... And because it's been like eight years or whatever. True, but like all the complaints people have lobbed at like uh, The Force Awakens coming out and like suddenly being like, well, that's just a rehash fucking Star Wars, right? Um if you look at uh, Lotso and Whiskey Pete, whatever the hell yeah. his name was, they're the Stinky exact Pete the prospector. Yeah, they're the exact same character. Mm-hmm. Their motivations are the same. They're essentially the same voice yeah. um, in my head, at least. They're the same voice, and they're they're just big, rotund, oversized like characters. They're like, I'm in charge, and this is what we're gonna say, and blah blah blah, right? Yeah. And I feel like they are retreading material but they're mix and matching kind of what they have and they're kind of they're subtle enough different like like pete the prospector wants to be respected whereas lotso wants to be played with and loved right like they're, yeah they're they're like different enough but they are it's the same well over and over again yeah. it's kind of the pixar well right? yeah yeah and they're still like you can't leave and like all this yeah. weird shit right so i feel like it's very very similar but but i think this film is a little bit branching away from that, um, even though, like, once again, uh, Gabby, Gabby, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually really, really liked her uh, not-so-subtle evilness, mm-hmm. but, like, where that's coming from and, and why that's happening. And, like, um, yeah, it, it's, I mean, part of it is you have, like, the six ventriloquist dummy things that make it terrifying as yeah. hell. <laughs> and she's a creepy, like, little girl doll, and you're just like... <laughs> can, I, can I tell you when I like really laughed in this movie? So we've been making jokes leading up to this movie of the Randy Newman score. Yeah. And there, there's a moment, I don't remember if it's explicitly in the trailer, but it's early enough that we can talk about it. Chris has a whole great blog post on it that Forky wants to throw, like be in the trash, right? Like, yeah, yeah. He's drawn to trash instinctively. It's his home. It's what he was there for. Um, and so there's a montage in the movie where he keeps trying to jump in the trash and a Randy Newman song starts playing. And I swear to God, it's like, I can't let you throw yourself away. <laughs> you want to be in the trash today, but that little girl wants to play. <laughs> I don't, it definitely was about throwing yourself away. And like, I think the lyrics could be interpreted as like something dark, like your friend is addicted to heroin. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it definitely feels like it was written for that one scene, and I just cracked up because it was so 
It was so on the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, that, that made me laugh. Ooh, I did. No, but yeah, so so this, this is unrelated, but you made me think about it when you were talking about songs. I realized the other day that uh, uh, you got a friend in me, and you never had a friend like me. <laughs> Basically... <laughs> the same song right? and the adams family theme song remember <laughs> which i saw a trailer for before this movie. oh yeah doesn't look good no <laughs> <laughs> but anyways back to this film which we enjoyed more than i think we enjoyed the trailers for the adams family oh, yeah, stuff sure. and uh aladdin but <laughs> um but yeah i i think i think that um there is an interesting way that they twist the formula of the need to belong somewhere and where that drive is and sort of understanding where that drive is coming from and just being satisfied with like for the first time being like, you know what? Everything's all right. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I don't need to be played with all the time. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I really appreciated what this film was doing. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think that there's uh there's a line at the end of this film that uh, somebody says she'll be all right. And I think uh, that's a metaphor for the audience. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Can I can I say who I didn't care about at all in this movie and I feel like the movie just doesn't want him to be in it anymore? It is Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> like... Like I get that Buzz is always kind of the goofy, the goofy alternative to Woody. Yeah. But I feel like Tim Allen is really shafted in this movie. Yeah. Even though they have one like pretty funny, reasonably funny, like recurring gag about Buzz following his inner voice that I kind of liked. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, he, he's very much like in the B plot of this movie, and the only good part of the B plot of this movie is Daddy going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> There, there is some definitely some good, uh, some good mobile home, some good GPS related uh, humor. Yeah, GPS related humor. Yeah. Uh, any last thoughts about this film? Um, no, not really. <laughs> uh, there were little kids in my screening, and they were all laughing and having a good time. So I feel like it's still, even if it isn't at the like Lord and Miller level of insanity, I yeah, feel like yeah. it has enough going on that it keeps the kids entertained. I will say, so I said I saw it at Alamo, but it was like the special fan event, and it was earlier on in the day. It started at 5, mm-hmm. um, which I heard some people in the seats around me talking, and I think that like kids aren't even allowed at the Alamo after a certain point. Mm. So this one was pushed forward early enough that kids could go to the screening. Mm. Um, and some kids started crying somewhere in the middle of the film. But it was like... It sounded like an adult doing a crying voice. Like, you know, like the way an adult sa- tries to sound like, like, like yeah, what, sure. when you're doing a, like a, a fake voice. And I was like, is that that kid's actual cry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what the hell is happening over there? It was kind of funny. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to share. Uh, shall we get to verdicts, dude? Sure. All right. Stephen Miller, if you're going to even say must see, record with a caveat, wait for a rental, pass with a caveat, or a must avoid. What would you give it? I'm going to recommend with a caveat. I it, this I don't think lives up to the other Toy Story movies necessarily. I don't know that I expected or wanted it to. Like as you said, Toy Story three is kind of a a nice completion of that arc already. So at best, you're getting a coda on it now. Um, 
But I, I think it's well done. I think it's well acted. I think its heart is in the right place, and it cares a lot about its characters, which is great, and I feel like increasingly rare in the children's animated movies side of the world. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's good. I think like maybe it's time to let the old ways die and let <laughs> you know Phil Lord and Chris Miller do everything instead when it comes to sentient toys, but I'm happy for one final hurrah. <laughs> I was laughing because in my head, I thought you were doing a Star is Born, Born song. I, I, I was, yeah. Okay, good. I, I was, was doing a reference. I was just picturing Woody playing that song. Uh, now, who who comes in as Lady Gaga in that? I mean, Bo Peep, right? Yeah, I, <laughs> I just hear, I hear Jesse's voice more in it than Bo Peep's voice. Yeah. But yeah, so for me, I, so I've been thinking about it a lot. And uh, like if I was off the cuff of my head, you know, stack ranking these things, I'd probably do three, one, this, two. Um, I'm like the one person really? in the world who doesn't like, love number doesn't two. Love number two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's kind of like where I would probably rank them. And maybe if I revisited two now within the context of three and everything, mm-hmm. it might, might change things. Um, but for me... This film is quality-wise probably um, it's it's probably more reckoned with the caveat, but I think that there is some really really interesting things and like a really nice journey and there's some really like as a kids film this is just fine. I think as like an adult film reflecting on being in a thing for so long, if you can like really take on Woody and where he's gone to and where he's been and where he is in this film and where he will be in the future, it it's doing something really, really kind of magical. Um, yeah. And for that, I'm going to bump it up to a must-see um, just because I think that there is really like mature content in this film underneath the key and peel, peel like yeah. <laughs> sort of like oh, joking and fun things. I love the gag where they're making a plan though. That, <laughs> even though it did feel like Lego movie would have done it better. Yeah, like that stuff was funny and I enjoy it, but like that is not something that adds to a film's narrative quality. Right. It's just pure fun and enjoyment, mm-hmm. which I don't hate fun. It's just yeah. a thing where it's like I'm not going to go like, yeah, that movie had a lot of fun things in it, right? It's like the stuff I like the least about Up is all of the dogs and the like squirrel and all the stuff that everybody loves. Like I hate I that shit. I come to these movies to fucking cry. <laughs> yeah, I do. I come to these movies to cry. And uh, this film didn't make me cry. But no, so but like so all that stuff is just fluff. And the fluff is fine. Yeah, and like it's what they're filled with. Yeah. <laughs> so much fluff. <laughs> but like so that stuff is totally fine but it doesn't increase the quality of the film but i think there's just some really interesting mature themes in in the film that like for me make this a film that should be seen and i think and hope that this is truly a metaphorical send-off and if they do stuff we don't need to have those same characters anymore right they might do the star wars thing and introduce a whole bunch of new toys that you can follow and have fun with but i think that this is saying goodbye to the core cast and we don't need to follow them or try to make more films about them anymore. And I really like what it's doing. So for all those reasons, I will give it a must-see. Good job. Can we briefly, because I forgot to mention, talk about the fact that Mr. Potato Head is in this movie and it's voiced by Don Rickles who died years ago. I I feel like they 
pulled like a Princess Leia thing, and I don't know how they did it. <laughs> I don't remember any of necessity lines of dialogue that he he had definitely in the, film. in the at least early it opens with a kind of flashback, and he definitely is talking a bit in there. Like, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe it was just all. It must have been canned audio that they had already. Yeah, yeah, I, more than likely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is in that context. It is like a nine-year flashback, right, yeah. or something like that. Um, so maybe it was literally a deleted scene from me. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that, is that that's the end of my you, thought? You said you wanted to talk a little bit about it, and we yeah, did. So. That was just a little bit, <laughs> the right amount. Cool. I think that's about it for this episode of the Spoiler Warning Podcast. Um, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can uh, use the contact form on our site, Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to uh, this film. <laughs> Maybe this song about throwing yourself in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> I can't let you throw yourself away. <laughs> um, so that's playing right now. Um, we, as we've mentioned in the previous episodes, I am going to be gone um, for the next... Well, we, we might be able to fit something in for this weekend before I leave. There are some things that are coming out literally bef- right before i hop on a plane um there, we're gonna have a guest for spider-man far from home mm-hmm. um I'm, I- definitely... I'm not gonna spoil the guest but we're also gonna do vox lux <laughs> <laughs> um i'm definitely seeing midsummer before i leave um we'll see maybe we can if you kind of like early summer isn't if, it? <laughs> if you can brave if you can brave it and see it maybe we can do a remote episode while i'm gone yeah. of that God, um, I'm going to be all alone talking about midsummer in this scary <laughs> in office. This scary night. office by yourself. Um, so yeah, so so we're, we're going to see what's going to happen. Um, we'll be trickling some things out over the next few weeks, but then we'll be back for uh, summer of fun. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. And we'll see you next time. Throw yourself away. 